Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Otter Fishing with me, Trevor Topfer. Hello, everyone, and thank you again for joining us on the show. I really appreciate your attention. And uh, if you appreciate the content that you're seeing or uh, just want to get involved, feel free to comment uh, in whatever uh, platform you're watching in and feel free to subscribe so that you get future episodes. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by otterfish.com, uh, which is a software platform that makes creating and running social campaigns easy. Uh, we're building a tool that's really designed to help small businesses run much smarter uh, social ad campaigns. It's free to give it a try as well. So jump on otterfish.com and have a look to uh, supercharge your social media ads. And without further ado, I'm really excited today to have uh, the man himself, Duncan Shand, who is the managing director of uh, one of uh, New Zealand's, I think it is New Zealand's largest independently owned agency, Duncan, um, Young Shand. One, one of a number of large, so no, I wouldn't claim the largest. Wouldn't claim the largest? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, thank you for giving up some of your time, mate, and joining us on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, no doubt you've uh, you've been like most other agencies or, or, or anyone really in the digital space in the last 24 months have, have copped a bit of a shot in the arm. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, it's been, it's, it's been interesting. It's kind of, um, it's not predictable. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, the last two years, it's fair to say, has kind of been a roller coaster. You know, there's, it's been very unpredictable. There's mm -hmm. definitely been some, some great digital projects, but these days we're quite an integrated agency. So we do everything from strategy and creative through to digital and media. So, you know, some parts can be up and other parts can be a bit quiet. It's just kind of luck, a little bit luck of the draw at the moment. Um, so, yeah. But Always sure, did, did you find that most of your clients kind of were able to, to, to weather it and, and, and uh, oh, yeah. got, got through it all? No problem? Yeah, no problem. So, you know, so, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, I think it's, you know, I think this year is feeling a lot more positive. So I think, you know, the last two years, different clients have been kind of quiet at different periods of time. Mm -hmm. But this year feels more solid. I think people are seeing through Omicron and kind of, you know, it's not as scary as, uh, you know, the first wave of COVID or Delta was. They know it's just, this is just a period we're going through. And thankfully, we're coming out of the other end now. Yeah, it certainly feels like it, at least from a kind of commerce and, you know, I was at a webinar uh, yesterday uh, talking to people, operators in the tourism industry, and there was a lot of really positive sentiment in the room, which was uh, which was really nice. So absolutely. So I think you know that's tourism is opening up, which is kind of really exciting, mm -hmm. because that's that's been the the terrible thing about this is the the um, the unbalanced um, kind of uh, kind of way it's panned out. Hospital and tourism hammered. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of other businesses doing pretty well. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's it's so good to have tourism op opening up. And Definitely. I still think this year is it's, we're still going to have our challenges this year, but I think it's not the it's not the the not terrifying or the the really um, unknown thing about COVID. We're getting back to good old fashioned business problems like inflation <laughs> and a war and petrol <laughs> prices and cost of living. Right, those are good normal business normal problems. Yeah, yeah. Know how to deal with so. I, so so, so I think I so I I think this year, yes, while it's going to be lumpy, it, it, hopefully it will be a lot more normal. Well, touch that. wood, mate. I, uh, I I hope I hope so too. Uh, good, good quality formica here. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, my mum would always say that, you know, touch wood and, and yeah. tap your head, Trevor. Um, so, I mean, with with uh, with us coming out of this uh, uh, pandemic, and I know we're a long way from a healthcare and a social justice and a mental health and all of those other issues that will sort of come on the tail of this, but what do you think businesses should be thinking about right now as we start to see this stuff sort of picking up and there's a bit more excitement and energy about things? Yeah, look, um, there was a really nice article that Mark Ritson published um, last week, which was, it was actually a really boring article about how we shouldn't be thinking about the new normal anymore. We should just be thinking about, you know, getting back to normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he had some really, a, a number of really nice examples and graphs of industries and um, uh, occupations and things that have been happening over the last few years. And of course, they all had these massive uncertainties in them, but it started here, uncertainty, and then it's back to here. So just mm-hmm. about with, with, with no exception, um, it looked like a, a straight line, a wobbly line, and then back to that straight line. So the whole premise of the article was, it looks like we're coming back to normal. And, mm-hmm. you know, his kind of Uh, I guess, theory was, you know, we actually don't change much as human beings. We have the same needs and wants and desires. um, But when we're thrown into a pandemic, of course, some of those rules go out of the window. But when things come back to normal, there isn't going to really be any huge shockwaves of moves to different cultural or significant social change. We will get back to the things that we like doing, whether that's eating out or going to the movies or traveling. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, yes, some of those things might take a little bit longer to come back, but they, you know, don't doubt it. They will come back. So, you know, I'm, I'm confident that we should be, you know, businesses should be thinking about getting back to a normal way of operating a business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think in the last two years, we've had a very short window um, of attention, right? Our, our planning horizon... Very much here and now. Urgent yeah, important. Our horizon isn't for the next 12 months or the next three years. Our planning horizon is for the next 90 days. Mm-hmm. In fact, our, our, our horizon is, can we just make payroll, you know, next month and keep going and keep <laughs> totally. going in some circumstances, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, totally. So I think hopefully we should be starting to lengthen that out and be coming back to planning on it on an annual basis and thinking long-term and starting to make strategic decisions in that medium to long-term. That's where I think and I hope businesses are starting to get back to today. Sure. So dust off some of those old strategies and... and, and... Well, they might be new strategies now, right? I think... You know, <laughs> Conversations change. I mean, the, the, the strategy, you know, of course, start with your old strategy, but I think you know, some things might have changed, right? You, so your competitive mix may have changed. You know, mm-hmm. there have been some casualties in some sectors. So, um, and so, and some consumer expectations might have. So, that some things might have changed. But I, I wouldn't be going back to a plan two years ago or three years ago. I would be replanning and and really dipping into you know the market and understanding you know, what your consumers are wanting, seeing how you're. All, all that good old-fashioned marketing planning, strategic marketing planning is mm-hmm. is what what we should be doing now and starting to think, you know, longer term. So, yeah, I think that's key. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think getting alignment, right? So it's about maybe repurposing and going back to those concepts like what was our what is our why we can get back to getting on onto our mission again and and moving back towards our north star instead of just putting out fires all the time so absolutely i think you know um it's really interesting i think you know marketers uh uh, marketers basically have the highest turnover out of any profession at the exec around the exec table Mm -hmm. you know there was a survey that came out 
um, uh, a while ago, and it was on average, a marketing director or a CMO lasts 3.5 years before either they jump the ship and go somewhere else, or they're, in, they're encouraged to kind of look for yeah, a new opportunity or spend more, spend more time with <laughs> their family. family. Yeah. Um, so you know, mark, marketers are, are, are probably the, the, the role around that exec table that is the most under pressure. And you know, these last two years certainly have only added to that pressure, right? Yeah. So you know, I, I think it's, it's a critical time to be getting that alignment and that's what marketing directors need, you know, getting that alignment, um, you know, with the rest of the executive team, you know, with their CEO, um, aligning to, to the, you know, the company strategic plan, um, yeah. and you know, tying everything back to that. As you said, what's our purpose? What are we here for? What are our long-term goals? What do we want to achieve? What are the strategic um, uh, uh, platforms and pillars that we really want to invest in over yeah. the next three years? What do the other people around the table want to achieve? Well, you know, what is your um, ops director trying to achieve? What's your CIO trying to achieve? What's your HR director trying to achieve? Really find out what's driving them because there are a lot of things that we do as marketers that can help, um, you know, the rest of the team around the table, right? Yeah. And I, you know, and I, you know, I think mark, in my point of view, you know, marketing is was all about driving growth. And it, it, marketing should be in the center, um, you know, of of that company strategy conversation, and really, if not driving um, the company planning process, at least right there in the middle of it. Because uh, in, in my view, it's all about the customer, and it's all about growth. Um, and you know, it, it it needs to be there, aligning and and getting getting those connections to every other exec team and that company goal and purpose. So I imagine that every marketer that's listening to this podcast is 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 clapping loudly and uh, and cheering and high fiving the screen. But it's uh, it, it sounds great, but I know that there's always a lot of organisational kind of friction, right? Uh, especially yeah. when you've got this legacy stuff, like some of these businesses that have been kicking goals for a while. Maybe COVID gave them a little bit of a okay, holy shit, we yeah. really need to take digital far more seriously now. Um, yeah. You know, and and that inherently brings the marketing guy much or, or person sorry uh yeah. back into the conversation and yeah. so what would be your advice or how have you seen um these conversations take place or these 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 sort of change or managing that process of change and getting alignment within the team is there any advice you've got there yeah i think i think it's really important um to make sure you're framing your marketing up in um sort of business goals and business metrics and business terms right because i think in in the marketing world we can get wrapped up in trying to build the brand mm -hmm. and, you know, try and building impressions with driving tarps and engagement and all of this stuff, right? No, no, no CFO gives a shit about that stuff, right? You know, it's all mm -hmm. about what sales are we making? What profit are we driving? How loyal are our, are our customers? What's the churn like? What's our customer satisfaction, right? So I mm -hmm. think we need to, as marketers, be more commercially focused in terms of the, the metrics and the numbers that we're driving. Yes, of course, impressions and engagement and all of those things are important that we, we might look in our silo right like that's our that's our kind of yeah but what is what are what are our projects actually going to drive and make a difference in when it comes to that company corporate business metrics that we're trying to drive so i think 
you know, talk business, talk the language of business as much as the language of marketing. And in fact, talk the language of business first around that exec table and think about the impact and the, and the, and the difference that you're going to drive for the team. You know, I, I think that's kind of really critical, kind of tying all that stuff back to the company goals and, and, and using that language of business. I think that's really important. Um, I also think it's really important, you know, I mentioned before about, you know, thinking about the goals of each of those other roles around the table, but spending spending time with them too, having a yes. coffee, getting to understand your HR director and your ops manager and your um, your, your, your head of customer, um, whatever, um, um, your chief customer officer or your CIO, spending time with them to really understand what they're trying to do and how how they are what their plans are going to be for the year. So if you can really build relationships with them and understand everything that they are wanting to achieve, you know there is there are so many things that we do as marketers. You know we could be you know uh, uh, driving an improvement in loyalty as much as we're tr driving acquisition. Mm -hmm. We could be framing up our purpose and our values to help drive an employment brand and you know work with the you know the um, the HR director or the chief people officer. Mm -hmm. um, we could be thinking about our our data and our website and and really getting that um, that IT architecture right with the CIO. Right, there's there's lots of things we can do to drive alignment and and kind of get results and and help um, the rest of the team get results. So you know, spending that time building relationships with the rest of the team, understanding what they want to do. Um, aligning projects, you know, kind of getting getting that right, I think, go a huge way to building trust um, and getting um, everybody on the same page, right? And getting buy-in so important. If 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 everybody's on the same in the same boat and we're all paddling in the same direction, the boat goes faster, right? Yeah, absolutely. So. And then you know, once you've done that, it's down to deliver. You know, actually make sure that you are your projects are delivering and delivering on time, and and you are doing what you say you're going to do. And that's the basis of trust, right? Have a clear yeah. understanding of what you're going to do, and then do it. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think um, that's good. It's interesting because uh, uh, this, this this conversation reminds me of, a, of, of, a, of another one I was having recently about this buyer's journey, this process of, you know, I have this expression where wherever the rubber hits the road, kind of marketing should be involved. You know, it yeah. certainly might not mean that marketing is driving the conversation or leading the project, but they should be involved wherever, you know, there's, there's a customer company kind of interaction. And uh, it was it was interesting we were talking about. Uh, how few businesses actually map that entire customer journey, right? From the yeah. from the moment they sort of do their little awarenessy bit and, and and come into the funnel, as we say now, uh, yeah. right the way through the buyer's journey and out the other side into advocacy and 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 if, you know all of those sorts of wonderful things beyond. So, for some businesses that are that are listening to this and going, "Yep, this sounds great. Where do I start?" Yeah, that, that would be what I would say. What would you What would you say would be the, yeah, the place to kind of get get it happening? I, I think that's a key part of your core um, strategic um, documents, right? Is your customer journey. So you know, you've also got to think about um, you know who your competitors are. You've got to think about um, you know where you're positioned in the market relatively to kind of find some, some nice, clear blue, you know blue ocean space. Mm -hmm. um, You've got to understand who your target market is. So with your products and with what the competitors are offering, who is the ideal target market for you? Once you understand that ideal target market, 
then it's really understanding that customer, right? Spending mm -hmm. time researching them, understanding their lives totally. and documenting that journey. Mm -hmm. What, you know, how do they live? How do they interact? How do they make decisions? What process would they go through um, before they buy from you? And then how do they use your product in their everyday lives? Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a key part of that strategic um, foundation, I guess, you know, it, um, in setup. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's a it's such a powerful thing when you I think when you break it right down and you suddenly start to understand uh, from your persona what are the key triggers and levers that we actually should be pulling. I remember one time uh, we actually ended up changing all of our campaign strategy towards the wife persona, even though we were selling product to the husband persona because it was the wife persona that controlled the the uh, the family uh, you know discretionary account mate you know so uh, of course yeah. Absolutely. You know, women make 90% of the decisions on everything. So that's, that's true. <laughs> You've met my wife now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was, it, 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 that's the sort of thing that, that often gets missed, right, is these little insights that you can glean um, and that helps you build the, the, the overall strategy. I really love um, talking about going in and investigating what all of the other departments and their goals are, not just having a conversation with them and, and, and listening to the things that might be frustrating them at the moment, but actually trying to understand what their vision is and yeah. how you can get involved in that. Um, are you doing any of that sort of project work at the moment? Is that part of what you would do or are you more? No. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the strategic setup at the front on any, any account is kind of getting into that, um, understanding the market, understanding the competitors, understanding the customers, doing some, you know, doing some, depends on the client, but doing some um, primary research into, the, into that client to, to really understand their needs, wants, desires, understand that journey. I think that is a key thing that a lot of customers miss, right? They miss that, that actual primary research piece. I think, mm -hmm. you know, um, I, I, I'd hate to make a guess, but I think a lot of companies, they think they know. They, they make assumptions about what the, how the customer lives, what they think, their lives. Because, um, you know, and, and those assumptions aren't necessarily wrong, but um, every time, you know, without, without exception, um, we get surprised and our clients get surprised when we actually do some, some decent uh, research with clients um, to, uh, with customers to really understand their world, their lives, and to kind of gain some of those um, insights and 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 uncover kind of actually um, what drives them. So you know, I think that's really important. You must be you must have become a bit of a pro at delivering those sorts of conversations. Yeah, I know you thought your customer was this, but actually, yeah. <laughs> meet your customer. <laughs> and it's and we surprise ourselves sometimes. You know, we kind of go, okay, we know we know what's going on here, but let's just do some research and really, to, you know, make sure we've done that. And then we go, holy shit! Well. We're going to do this a completely new way now because of that process that we went through. Totally. So it's often skipped, and it's often skipped because of you know people think an extra ten thousand or twenty thousand or whatever that might be it sounds expensive, but you know when you're delivering quite a large project all based on assumptions, if those assumptions are wrong, mm -hmm. you know you, you can you can waste a lot more money than that um, by you know basing base, base, yeah. basing a project on a shaky foundation. Yeah, totally. I was going to say you don't you don't scrimp on house plans, right? You uh, you, you typically get your building plans drawn up pretty pretty soundly by somebody who knows what they're doing. <laughs> totally. And look, you know, if if you're not a mid-sized company or a large-sized company, you know, you can still do the research 
um, quite cheaply yourself. Just go go talk to half a dozen or a dozen customers one on one. Do a do a Google Google survey, Google form. Use use that. Send send it out. Collect some information. So you know, it, research doesn't need to be expensive, um, and bad research is better than no research at all. Mm. Yeah, it, it's a uh, you know one of the great tools that we always set up almost straight away. And when I joined Otterfish, it was one of the first things I did was just set up an NPS survey. I mean, it takes oh. what does it take? A couple of hours, depending on if you've got some infrastructure or not. Yeah. Uh, to set up an NPS survey and then immediately you're gathering at least a data point on are you doing a decent job? Do my customers like me? Um, yeah. You know, yeah. So it's, it's, it can be simple things like that to get to get things started, right? Um, yeah. I was just going to say uh, about the data side of it, you know, what we're talking about here is gathering data points and then interpreting data to make decisions on, you know, where we see mm. potentially the biggest opportunity or the, or the most realistic opportunity, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, so customer data is obviously crucial and, and, there is a little bit of guesswork, I, I think, but the more you can kind of base your customer persona or profiling activity around your, your ideal market um, or, or ideal customer, the better. What other data should should people be really uh, concentrating on as they start to build out their strategy? Because we have, especially in marketing, and I'm sure it's similar these days in most different um, silos within the business, but certainly in marketing, we are inundated with all of these different metric metrics. And uh, I call them vanity metrics because as marketers, there's always one that looks good and you just sort of, yeah. you know, there's an easy way to hide behind something that, that looks decent. But um, what do you see as the sort of those sort of key ones that people should be focused on if we're thinking also across this alignment piece and, you know, yeah, that earlier. yeah totally. I mean, I think, I think you, know, you, go, you go back to, you know, your funnel and what you're trying to achieve. I think understanding where people are in that journey, once you know the journey, then it's about understanding where your your consumer is in that journey, and it's you know old fashioned marketing, right? You want to you need to build awareness, you need to build that brand awareness first. So, so sometimes it's about yes, you're going to have a target, but you also want to build you know pretty broad um, awareness of your of your product to get, to get people in, you know, because occasional buyers are still really important. Um, and then and then understanding when when they interact with you. So you know if someone's Understanding if they've seen you know impressions or tarps. Understanding if how many people have actually seen your advertising, then how many people have come to your website, then how many people have engaged with something, how many people have requested a, a sample or a newsletter or signed up to something. So at each point, understanding um, where people are at, because you know if you know that, you know how well each piece of communication is doing at driving people forward in that funnel. And you mm -hmm. can see if you've got a problem and see if there's, if you need to tweak or make a change here or there. So I yeah. think it's, it's about making sure you've got systems in place on your website, in your call center, to make sure you're tagging and tracking those customers as, as they move um, through you, that process with you. Yeah, uh, absolutely agree. And one of the things that I've seen changed massively since sort of COVID kicked in is the adoption of CRM, right? What yeah. we're talking about here is having a central place where you keep this information so that you can measure and make decisions. I really like, um, before the CRM conversation gets underway, I really like this idea of, of, of having a baseline, like mapping your funnel, understanding what you, you know, before you even start setting goals and thinking about what you need to move, you know, have have a baseline or have have some sort of metric in place so you know what's good and what's bad. Yeah. Because I think there's a, a, a massive gap, certainly from a from a campaign kind of point of view. I think there's a massive gap 
uh, with most businesses, you know, shooting for something and having no idea whether that's that's good or bad. You know, yeah, is, exactly. it, is it is a two point three percent click through rate good? Well, if your yeah. funnel's only going at one, yes, it is. But if it's going at seven, well, no, it's shit. So having that that ba- that baseline and um, uh, the, the the CRM piece. Have you found as an agency that's become a far more important part of the the, the, the strategy development and ca- campaign deployment and interacting with the client conversation? Yeah, I think. Um... Most clients know they need to get better at managing data and and using data to inform their marketing. So, you know, I I, I think that's a universally accepted kind of truth now. Um, I still think there's a long way to, to go in terms of clients really doing that efficiently. There's a number of examples of different different companies that do that really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the banks are fantastic, you know, at, at doing that, for instance. Um but I think you know there's still a, there's still a lot of improvement that that most companies can do because you know it is it, it is hard you know it actually is it's 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 not easy to kind of get it all set up and all everything tagged up and and then and then change your marketing to kind of work that way so there is a process and uh, you know you have to be committed to kind of moving to to that kind of model as well. Yeah, totally. Uh, I've I've seen uh, a few. Um, you know, quite a lot of companies going in and a lot of these bigger tools also coming down a little bit to meet the market and the competitive nature of that tech environment providing opportunities for smaller businesses to start adopting some of these, uh, you know, tech-based I mean, tools like Otterfish, you know, that's that's kind of our our game is to go into that that end of the market and give yeah. people a cheap and easy way to do a function that would typically require skills or experience or an agency or whatever. Absolutely. Um, so how do you feel, um, how, how has your approach changed uh, when it comes to sort of, de- now we're now moving into kind of deployment now. So we've we've, we've covered off the, the, the kind of strategic and getting alignment and understanding the market, yeah. moving into deployment. Have you seen a lot of change in that space? Um, is now every campaign have these processes in place where they've got off ramps and nurture series over here and you no, know, not, retargeting going on and all of these sorts of things, or is it still not, very, not every campaign. I think that, you know, I think they, they, that it varies. Um, you know, some, some clients will still want a, you know, that they might have a different need. It might be that they, their brand needs a refresh that they don't have that purpose and they don't have an overall brand platform. So they're not clear about, um, their proposition and the story they want to tell. So sometimes it's an overarching brand campaign that you, you want to do. Um, mm-hmm. And inevitably, once that's done, then it'll be moving into that more granular, um, you know, kind of a conversation where we're trying to, you know, map things out based on, um, you know, that kind of sales funnel and, and that customer journey. So, you know, I think there are more and more of those campaigns happening, but, you know, but I think it's about... Um, you know, when you take a, a new client on, I think it's you start with the fundamentals and you're doing the strategy, then you're doing the brand, then you're mm-hmm. thinking about that whole, you know, managing your way through that whole journey. Um, then you might be thinking about loyalty and and how you re-engage and keep people, you know, um, on the bus rather than mm-hmm. allowing them to churn. So, you know, I, I, I think it really just depends on where that client is in their their marketing cycle in terms of what where the focus is. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, um, you know, breaking up that conversation as well into smaller bite-sized chunks is also really important because it can get overwhelming, right, when you start looking yeah. at everything. You see opportunity, you see 
yeah. so many things you want to say yes to and so many flashing lights these days right we get we get distracted by the flashing lights and new toys pop up and we think oh that's that's the answer that, to my solution uh, the problem that i've had or whatever and get off track yeah well, exactly and I, but i think that's about lining things up you know is this a do we have the right strategy do we have the right brand um uh, are we clear on how we're different now and the reasons why people should would should pick us and and some of those things can be the broken down granular things that come in after you're through the awareness in that first consideration phase so it's about mapping out where you tell those stories based on where that customer is in the journey so okay. you know i think it's about being clear on what what are the things that you need to do first before you jump into something else i mean to, to your point you know you don't want to be flip-flopping around over here you want to have a nice clear strategic process about what needs to happen first in order to start um, uh, leveraging results further down the line yeah great uh so the idea of this blueprint right what we're talking about is is coming out with a very much a blueprint to the north star yeah and then trying to get everybody on that on that page and singing from the same hymn book well, that's right. You know, that's in, in that strategy part, you know, there's there's always a, a, a diagnostic or an audit in that kind of discovery phase. You know, where is this client at? Where are the weaknesses? Where are they doing a good job? What needs to, you know, what what do we need to jump in and triage straight away? And and then what, you know, what's what are the right things to do in, in, in which order? Interesting. And you wouldn't really think that an advertising agency would be a significant part of that conversation typically so is that something that you have built out as you i mean what have you been going 14 15 years or something now well, not right? quite that long 12 i think we're, we're we're in our i think we're in our 13th year so hopefully hopefully it's lucky 13 so yeah so i guess this is the model right so your model's adapted and adjusted to add value and resource in this particular space or yeah and i mean well we, we are we are an advertising agency so we are primarily focused on um, right. communications right so um but that's everything from um you know branding through to a campaign through to direct and and uh, uh kind of you know that one-on-one -on -one, through to through to loyalty through to you know and building building websites and kind of those experiences so it does cover a lot of great we don't do everything but we want to be strategic in the space that we're in to try and drive the best results um, for our clients at the end of the day. So talk to me about some of those results. So what have you seen the turnaround when you, when you, you take on a client uh, and they they don't have that blueprint and that clear North star, what, yeah. what, what's some of the big, the big changes you've seen Are you allowed, that you can talk about, mate? <laughs> yeah, look, we've got one, one of our larger, larger clients, you know, they, you know, they came to us maybe two years ago, their brand was a little bit, it was okay. It was a bit so-so. We went through a, a very small, um, you know, not a, we we rebranded them, but it was really just a, a nip and a tuck. It wasn't anything too drastic because, you know, there is so much equity in people's brands. Mm. I mean, you do want to do a little nip and a tuck every once in a while, but you've got to respect some of those the core distinctive brand brand assets that are kind of in place. Absolutely. But we we tidied it up. Um, and then we we introduced a new brand story, launched a new um, campaigns and commercials, and they're very purpose driven. So it was about you know kind of a believe in better kind of a story, which really resonated with their internal team. It resonated with their customers. Um, it gave them something to talk about from a both internal comms, corporate comms point of view, 
Um, their leads basically, I, they 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 went up by a third or or fifty percent, almost doubled um, in terms of inquiries. Um, you know, to kind of buy property from them, their share price went up. Um, you know, so you know, just a just a really good story about the effectiveness of a of a, a good brand platform and storytelling, and you know, with a with a purpose behind it. And we did a great campaign for New Zealand Blood Service um, last year. We've been working with New Zealand Blood Service for a long time. Um, and, you know, in this country, you know, we'll, we'll roll our sleeves up and give blood whenever there's a, you know, anything. Yeah, totally. But, you know, earthquakes in Christchurch or, you know, eruptions. And whenever there's a disaster, people are really willing to kind of give blood. But the issue is they need, like, a lot of blood every day, every mm -hmm. week. And so, you know, again, we came up with this idea of unseen emergencies and we found out that, you know, I think something like 84 uh, people need an emergency transfusion of blood every day. Wow, every day. that's staggering. And, you know, only 6% of people in this country donate on a regular basis so that the other 94% of us feel safe that there's going to be blood there if that's us one day. Mm. So... We came up with this campaign idea for um, New Zealand Blood, um, which was really just highlighting those um, everyday emergencies. And, you know, that campaign launched last year, um, and that's really just smashed their targets. So, you know, the, the, the amount of people um, adding to the panel has gone up dramatically. The amount of people um, that were, are willing to go in and, and donate has, you know, just really stepped right up quite considerably because of because of that work so you know there's some really rewarding um things that come out of it when you kind of you know you get all those elements right and kind of execute them well yeah brilliant yeah so I, I think it's it, it, it it's often a pre a predicator of success in a way right the people who take the time and get it done and get it done earlier rather than later start reaping the benefits of it and um, nothing moves a boat quicker than having everybody understanding, first of all, what the fuck are we doing and why are we here? Yeah. And then, you know, hey, I kind of agree with this and I'm happy to give you my best towards that outcome. Yeah. Uh, and it's never about selling pens or or, 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 or something like that. There's always got to be a reason why a yeah. business exists, I think, and, and, and then truly understanding that, uh, you know, also helps all of the other stuff we've been talking about, it also feeds into that, right? Understanding who the customer is and how that particular vision or that particular purpose strikes a chord with that customer and how you can then attract them into your funnel and bring them through. And then again, leaning into those values and things. It's, it's, it's outstanding. Um, and, and I've followed quite a few of your campaigns over the years and always impressed by the, the quality of work and the, the different way that you go about approaching problems. Um, yeah. So, I've stolen a few ideas off you in the past, mate. I don't mind no admitting, admitting it right, right yeah. here and right now. That's great. Yeah. Um, well, uh, just before uh, we kind of bring it to a close, mate, I wanted to get uh, pick your brains a little bit for some of the smaller guys who might not be able to get into the, you know, the young Shan roster or even, you know, have the resources and things to, to, to sort of go down that route. What can they be doing that you're seeing at that level that you think, you know, this is the sort of thing that small businesses could be doing to help help them get up and running and, and, and grow faster? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, the, some of the basics are really important. And, you know, we've all been or work, been a small business or worked in small businesses before. Um, you know, I think, I think, you know, 
taking the time to think about your business strategically. You know, you, we get caught up in the day-to-day -day doing the doing and it's, it's hard to kind of stop and think strategically. So taking the time to stop and think strategically about your business is something that really valuable. You've just got to find the time and, mm -hmm. and, and being clear on a process that you're going to work through to do that. So, you know, there's, there's lots of different processes you can find just on the internet in terms of how to think through a strategic process. But taking the time to kind of really look at your competitors, um, you know, to understand what they're doing, look at, looking at their products, looking at their advertising, um, understanding your customers. And as we said before, you don't have to go and engage a, a squillion dollar research company to, to actually understand your customers better. You know, going, to, going and talk, having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with half a dozen, yeah, yeah, dozen yeah. people. Yeah, right, yeah. taking the time to talk to them, um, doing a Google Forms or a, a Survey Monkey um, survey, you know, just uh, you know, off the bat, um, and asking asking some questions after you've done the one on ones. Do the one on ones first, and then do the 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 the, the, the um, online survey after that to validate and kind of and 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 feel comfortable um, with with some of those thoughts. Test some of those thoughts. Mm -hmm. um, you know, using, you know, online tools, using, you know, your Google AdWords and your, your Facebooks and your LinkedIn's, you know, what, whatever platforms are right for you and for your audience, you know, start with those ones first. You don't need to spend the world, um, you know, if you get the, get the, the right keywords and the right target um, going, but be prepared to spend some money. You know, don't assume that people know who you are or where you are. You know, we've fallen guilty to that. Um, you know, we used to do quite a lot of advertising when we were small and then we stopped for a while um, and recently we've started again. And it's just, you know, it's actually amazing. Advertising works. You actually get pleased. <laughs> so, so, you know, um, being prepared to spend something. You might only need to spend a couple of hundred dollars um, a month on Google AdWords or, you know. Or even just testing, right? Like um, we used, uh, again, and, and sorry, this is turning into a bit of an infomercial for Otterfish, but we used this uh, to actually get the name of the business. So that was the first test we ran was we ran six different names into an audience to see yep. which one resonates the best. And Absolutely. Otterfish came out a clear winner and it wasn't the favourite going in. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like you say, a little bit of spend, get some data, think about it, make a decision on it. Yeah, excellent advice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, I, that's what I'd do. Mm -hmm. And what what about if, if I had uh, $2,000 a month to spend on growing my little business, if that was my marketing budget, what how, how would you see me, what would be a sensible way for me to chop that up as a, if I was at that level? $2,000 a month. Um, it depends on the business, but I'd be looking at a combination of uh, Google AdWords, you know, just for, for people that are looking for something right now, mm -hmm. I'd be looking at either uh, either Facebook or LinkedIn. It depends if you're targeting a, a, if you're a B2B customer and you're looking at other businesses, then obviously LinkedIn would be the platform I'd use. Or if you're looking at consumers, I'd be thinking uh, Facebook, Instagram, um, TikTok, Snapchat, you know, you know, whatever, whatever platform is right for your target market. Mm -hmm. And I would be you know, uh, uh, developing some organic posts and boosting those to your to your desired target market. So that's the top of the funnel stuff, making making people aware of what you're doing, mm -hmm. um, and the people that are searching for what you're doing using LinkedIn there to bring them straight into your funnel. So 
Amazing. So that's a really easy way with, with, with a small budget to get right through top of the funnel, right through to the higher intense stuff. And, yeah. uh, and, and, and I guess split it up evenly, maybe kick off and then see which one seems to trend better or, or whatever that might look like. But yeah, that, that, yeah. Uh, but I, I'd probably be, you know, with that budget, I'd be kicking, you know, maybe a third of that into making sure you've got some good quality assets. So that might be some either some some nice looking social posts or it could be some good quality thought leadership articles. But you need you, you know, you need you need to look Something. good. Yeah. You need yeah. to look good when you you're doing value, right? So, you know, so, you, yeah, there is no point spending the money if you've got a shit website or you're putting out really crappy posts. So, you know, get, get, get those basics right. Awesome chat, Duncan, and I'd, I'd love to go much deeper on this again. Um, hopefully we can have you back on the show down the track and, uh, and, and pick it up. Uh, really appreciate you giving up some of your time today, mate. Hey, no problem. Love it, Trevor. Awesome. We'll, we'll catch everybody later. Thanks for tuning in. Bye for now. <laughs>